someone's changed society in some profound way that perhaps they don't suck, but they're wrong in thinking this. My first example is Lou Reed, listen up. Lou Reed wrote a lot of great songs, including a couple that made me cry when I was breaking up with my eighth grade girlfriend. But he also made it cool to wear black all the time. And to be a junkie without Lou Reed, maybe it wouldn't be so hot in summer. Maybe Axl Rose wouldn't be a social phenomenon. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by an illustrious panel, the hardest working panel in podcasting. Um, to my left-hand side, um, it's uh, the man himself, it's Alan Edgar. Hello. How are you, Alan? Okay. It has been hard work preparing for today, this week. I'll, I'll definitely say that. Yeah. Very, very difficult. We were expecting to come down... We're expecting to come to this podcast with a sort of sunnier disposition, but unfortunately, and that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, Bowed, Chris Bowed, straight ahead of me taking pictures. Oh, he's doing he's doing selfies. Selfies I'm available. A picture of all of you. Good, good stuff. Um, how are you, Chris Bowed? Aye, aye. Um, all right. <laughs> the, wow. You know, uh, you know, it's a bit itchy down there, but we're getting by. I've spoke to my GP. Um, things are looking. Looking good. No, uh, shit result, but... Oh, Jesus Christ, let's move on. Um, yep. Kieran Haddon, hello, Kieran, how are you? It's been a while, how Everything. are you doing? Good to see you. Um, he's, wearing a, he's wearing a baseball cap. He's like something out of a 90s Ben Affleck film. Can I just clarify as well, it's the Yankees. Oh, you're a Red Sox guy. Yeah. So... That's why that's I'm the opposite thing. side of the table. I'm a fashion victim, I've not got as far by supporting. So you don't you don't you don't know who just Yankees? I don't know who the Yankees are obviously, aye, but you, I mean you I'm say that. I, mean, I don't really know who the Yankees are, <laughs> so you know. But there you go. Ten pot, ten pot. The English Premier League of baseball probably moved from Milwaukee a hundred years ago to New York or some bullshit. Uh, sure, let's move. This is awful. Um, let's we've got enough moaning to do. Let's just let's get off in the off to a bad start. Uh, so just to let everyone know that the first of our Patreon. Uh, podcasts will be dropping on Friday and you're going to love this it's a complete tactical breakdown of the Rangers game so um, we've got some really interesting stats and some maps Alan you might be there you might not be possibly um, what what I can say is is that um, the data that we've managed to get through Christian and um, modern football yeah um, really m- makes it will be worth a listen if you're not maybe tactically inclined or you don't want to listen to how we get beat by Rangers you can see it for your own eyes don't think of it like that you will learn about the team maybe some of the ideas behind it and you'll learn a lot about the players as well um, I-, I looked at it for a couple of hours today and the data uh, it really is interesting and the guys will break it down and give you an idea of it um, so uh, I would definitely listen to it. That data isn't just what you can see with the naked eye. Yeah, and I'll be there to be the sort of proxy for the audience. Um, the everyman. Yeah, thank you, Chris Bowd. I'm, I'm, I'm the everyman. I'm the Bruce Springsteen of uh, the Tactics Pod, um, asking why the everyone's getting laid off and all that. That's what that's most of Bruce Springsteen's songs are about. Um, and the docks. Yep. You'll be doing that like a boss. 
<laughs> Very good. I do like Bruce, Bruce Stein, Springsteen's one of the greatest uh, recording artists of ever. Um, so yeah, so that'll be dropping on Friday. Uh, we're going to do uh, an article on the website, 90minutesynic.com, um, that you'll ha- we'll have maybe embedded videos that we'll also put up on Twitter on how to get the Patreon content. I know it's maybe a little bit intimidating for pe- people if you've never d- used it before, but it's sim- it's a very, very simple process to put the RSS feed into different podcast apps, and we'll, we'll talk you through that. It shouldn't be a problem. Um, on Friday, we'll have the live lunch, as always, where we will break down and look at the Celtic versus Hearts game. Um, we'll also have the minute by minute um, by, I don't know who's signed up for it this week, but someone will be describing the game minute by minute, as you can imagine. And uh, obviously we'll have the preview on the website as well on the Friday, which will be, as always, terrific. Um, and just a shout out to Matt Evans again. We do it weekly because the effort that he puts in is incredible. Thanks a lot, Matt, for all of your efforts. Um, just before we start, Atletico Bilbao. Did we all see the tribute that they gave to Stevie Chalmers and Billy McNeil? Did we all see it? Did we all? What did we think, Alan? I, I thought it was first class. It was really very, very touching. Um, it was great to see John Clark out there. Yeah. Um, and obviously, um, Billy's daughter, I believe, Susan, um, collecting the collecting award. Just the kind of level of effort they went to was a wee bit more than I expected. Having the five on the middle of the park, having the music, um, it, it was really, really nice. And um, it, it's a club that, clearly have a, a lot of class. It's a unique club with a unique history, Chris. It is indeed, it is indeed. It's um, always a club that you thought that's a little bit of class. <laughs> you had nowhere to go there, did you? you <laughs> no, nowhere to go. I was thinking of words and <laughs> I forgot all of them. Uh, but no, it was it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic, uh, I, I forget, I'm forgetting all the words. Tri- uh, tribute. Tribute, that's the I word. remember you went Atletico uh, Bilbao and we played a championship manager one time and then you seen the parameters of signing players and you shat it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was embarrassing for you. Yeah, I have no class. No class, so classless. Uh, Kieran, you've obviously not been on the pod last couple of weeks. It's uh, just an amazing tribute to the lesbian lines. Oh, definitely, it has been. Um, it just shows you, obviously, they've got a lot of um, kind of respect for other teams out there. They're not just kind of stuck with their own team or their own country. They like to kind of look at other countries around the world um, and kind of praise for what they've done in the past because they've got their own history themselves and they've got their own beliefs. Similar to us as a club, we've got our own beliefs as well, so it's good for them to kind of would it make, share them. Would it make you want to buy an Atletico Bob out of? Probably not, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> honest. That's, that's, that's not what I was expecting. Kieran is honest. Um, I did I, see someone shout about having friendlies with them, and I think that would be... Yeah, that would be good, yeah. Nah, I'm against that. Well, we'd get They've done destroyed. It. But um, I actually, in all seriousness, may be going to Bilbao in Ooh. June. Ooh, fancy. So, a lovely place I've heard. And that was before they did the terrific tribute, so, you know, they've not suckered me in. It looks like an incredible stadium as well. No, I mean, uh, it, absolutely everything about it, I think, is, is, is a touch of class and uh, awesome. Right, we better talk about this game then. Really? <laughs> um, aye. The um, upcoming Hearts game? Yes, the upcoming Hearts game. Uh, I just want I want thoughts, right, because we talked about last week, there was a lot of weird split opinions on how people were feeling towards the game. Um, we did the live lunch on Friday and we were discussing the fact that a lot of people were saying, oh, I don't really care how it, how, how it's going. Um, I wonder if those people still don't really care how it's went. Um, I did a little bit of weird research when I just wanted to look at last Glasgow derbies before. Um, the, the season's end. Um, so, 92-93, we won that game. 93-94, we drew that game. 94-95, won. 95-96, draw. 96-97, loss, but we that was a crucial game where we actually 
what we could have won the league that year, that year and that all but killed us. Um, 97, 98 we lost as well, but we obviously did stop the 10. Um, Jonas Tern ruined my holiday to Mallorca. Um, how are they signing Jonas Tern? Uh, not, not not to go back to something from 1998, <laughs> but how are they signing Jonas Tern? Can we do time travel back and discuss that? I wonder if there's some sort of financial issue. Some sort of doping scenario. Anyway, uh, Kieran Haran, uh, just your initial thoughts on the game. Uh, it was appalling, uh, disgraceful. Um, granted, the game's uh, the league's over, but it's still a Celtic Rangers game. The players should be aware of what's what the fans demand. The demand to not so much even get the result, but perform. The 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 team didn't didn't perform. They were not interested. They take away the, with the forward players. None of them were wanting to get on the ball. Every time the fullbacks had the ball, there was no one around them wanting to support them and help them. So they're always having to come back to the defence or come back to the goalkeeper. Too many um, supposedly big players weren't willing to put their head above the parapet, which... Tom Rogic. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, throw, I mean, yeah. Tom Rogic's one. McGregor as well. McGregor was very, very quiet. Now, we've seen McGregor play very well through the whole season. He's very consistent. Now, if he wants to be known to be one of those one of those big players, potential future captain, then he's got to be able to, when others can't perform, he's got to step up and say, right, I'm going to grab this, this game by the balls and I'm going to get us going. Now, Scott Brown's job to do that as captain... Didn't feel he did that enough either. I didn't oh, feel he day. was. Oh. He wasn't you know, getting. Into, maybe you could maybe see a lot of vocalness off the off the camera, but to me, it just didn't feel that there was there was no passion. There seemed to be no passion in the performance, which it's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Um, for my, my two cents, uh, I I watched the game in the pub with my dad, and as soon as they scored, uh, I thought I, I own. I honestly thought the game was lost as soon as they scored. Um, and I know that's ridiculous because they scored within two minutes. But they had a 10-minute period after that where they just um, they were smart on the ball. Uh, and they made us do a lot of running, um, a lot of needless, pointless running. Um, and uh, we wasted a lot of time, a lot of composure on um, the stupid little things. Um I'm still really fucking angry about it. I see these people who are saying, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's thing we were... Not far from from getting, but we were embarrassed in my opinion. But Chris, bound your thoughts. Sorry, I I'll, I'll, I need to rein in. Chris, bound your thoughts. Yes, uh, no, I agree with everything. It was it was a shocking display tactically. I I don't know if they knew <laughs> what they were doing. Uh, it looked like they were waiting for Rangers to get tired. That's the only fucking discernible tactic I could see from Celtic. It was just headless chickens running around, as you say. Um, the offensive players were offensive in that they... <laughs> they oh, you're, you're laughing at your own joke. No one else laughed there except you. If you all laugh, <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> we can't. We um, can't laugh at your awful, awful joke. Yeah. By uh, the way, see when you say the offensive players, do you mean Burke, um, Johnson, Burke Ed Johnson and Eddie? Rodgers, because I think Johnson Rodgers. was... Johnson, it's unfair and the boy you get... He, he, was, he was basically playing, at some, sorry to jump in, but at some points within the first half, he was playing so far back, it was like he was almost a right back. Yeah, but then he changed, see after about, I didn't quite see the starting lineup, but within about five minutes, we went to a back three. You could tell by the positioning of the three centre halves, Johnson then became a kind of wing, uh, back. wing back, but that was to help Lustig counteract Kent. It did not Kent, work. Kent can get the better Lustig. Kent get the better Lustig the last time at Ibrox. Now, why um, Lennon hadn't foreseen that and 
count that maybe not use Toljan because Toljan's not quite as good as well. But he's not going to use Ralston. But <laughs> with, with Forrest not playing, why don't you play Toljan technically as a right winger so that the two of them can then double up on on um, Kent? It's it means it's obviously been a bit. You're, you're taking away your offensive part on the right hand side because your wingers having to sit back. But when Kent's getting at your your right back and getting success, then you want to nullify it. So the best thing to do is to help kind of um, contain him. Loosters. Um, Alan, Alan, Edgar, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think everybody makes a, the, the right point about there didn't appear to be a great deal of passion, both on the park and the side part for me as well. I, d- I didn't see the same um, mannerisms um, from Neil Lennon that you would normally expect. I think and he had the same feeling as Chris. As soon as that goal went in, he was just gubbed. Yeah, I, I don't think there was any sort of reaction to that goal. The, the goal itself, and we'll come on and, and, and talk at them a, a little bit, but... I would like to know, when we're talking about the personnel that started the game, I, I have no idea, but I would like to know how it transpired that both Oliver Buck and Micah Johnson started the game. Um, there's a couple of different ways that could pan out. The Kieran Tierney injury, um, we knew about all week. So I, I would work on the presumption that, that Johnny Hayes was always going to be starting at left-back. Um, which which you me, weren't happy with on I wasn't Friday. happy with on Friday because he, he's, he's not a defender. It may have been enforced because um, Tierney's obviously awaiting, a, awaiting surgery um, and Emilio Izagiri doesn't appear to be anywhere at the moment. But he's not a defender and Rangers are quite strong, um, particularly down that right-hand side when the Tavernier doubles up. But after that, for me, I, I'd be interested to find out whether it was Burke that was always there marked to start. And then when Forrest didn't come in or wasn't available for whatever reason, and that must have been on Saturday, yeah. I presume because they trained on Friday, um, my concern would be why did we, why w- was it that Mikey Johnston, who um, has struggled to even make appearances off the bench, why is it he is the man that we go to in the week? after Scott Sinclair was brought in the week before and also when we triggered a contract extension for a year um, and a, a player who is a first team player one of the highest earners at the club I, I realise that people have thoughts about he's in different form but why is it that for the second time this year we throw Mikey Johnson into a situation where it's going to be very difficult for him to improve and why then does that mean that throughout the whole week Oliver Buck was I, I would expect and, and I might be wrong Oliver Buck was here marked to start the whole week for someone who has really struggled to make any impact whatsoever, um, do you and think? Do you think that if? Do you think that Lennon's the type of guy because Forrest is such an integral player because he is he is a fantastic player? Do you think he's built his entire game plan around Forrest being in, and that's maybe why he did look a lot like very lost. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem if that is the case. Um, but either way, one of those three, and I'm going to take Johnny Hayes out of it because I'm, I'm assuming that Kieran Tierney wasn't. Um, yeah, Mark to play um, but why then is Oliver Buck I would presume he would be the starter before because he's been the one that we've went to off the bench why is Oliver Buck who is highly unlikely to be here next season has given us very little in Neil Lennon's time to suggest that he can make an impact why are we going to him before we use Scott Sinclair who is still one of our top scorers He's, he's, biggest he's contributors pro, he's this pro, year yeah he's pro the thing is see with, with Scott Sinclair again as you say you know his, his form's up and down at times um, 
but he's a proven match winner at Ibrox. He yeah. scored goals at Ibrox. Mikey Johnson hasn't. Mikey Johnson, I feel, has been kind of thrown under the bus here. There are people who are coming on the Sunday. They were coming out with lists of people who should never play for Celtic again, and Mikey Johnson's on that list. That's and you're mental. like, that's that's ridiculous. There's, there's a couple of numbers just, and I, and I don't want to go too much into obviously what the guys are going to talk about um, on Thursday. Do um, it, ruin it but, for them. <laughs> um, just as just as an example, um, Mikey Johnson um, on Sunday um, received the ball 18 times. Um, Ollie Buck received it 15 times. Comparatively. Um, Ryan Kent received it 34 times, which is almost double Mikey Johnson. Um, and Scott Arfield received it 24 times, um, which is significantly higher than either of Burke or Johnston. That gives you an idea. Now, it's not necessarily a thought, but when Celtic had the ball, they weren't doing what Forrest or Sinclair would normally do, holding a position and waiting for the ball to come into them. They were running away from the ball, which defenders will be quite happy with that. I know people talk about how quick Ollie Burke is, but <laughs> it's a finite length of park. You can't just continue to run and eventually someone will find you. It was They, they were not engaged in the game whatsoever. Mikey Johnson is a wee bit unlucky as well. that He was almost trying too hard and gives away the foul um, right away. And then from there... It's, we'll get it, to the goal in a minute. Yeah. Um, the other thing with Burke is, is that potentially the fact of if Forrest was going to be... The backup to Forrest would have been where... But because of what happened midweek with the whole cup final, he was then told to leave immediately. Yeah. Whereas I think, because I'm sure we are started in the right the game, game before, two, yeah. The yeah, game before. Aberdeen, yeah. So it looked like he would have probably continued that if Forrest wasn't going to make it. Yeah, so he would have but played ahead of Burke. Obviously, Lennon's kind of taken the hum for the fact of he wouldn't make himself available for the cup final and just decided them to kind of ship him out, which has obviously maybe messed up their arrangements a little bit with their tactics and what they were planning, because they are probably planning with Weir and not Burke. I can I can almost see it from both sides. I can see Lennon thinking, I need this guy here, and he's got, maybe he's got his mind on other things, so he sends him away. I can see Weir thinking, you know, I want to play for the, the national team in the under-20s. This is the last couple of games here. I've already got a league winner's medal. You know, I, I can see both sides. I feel, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I, I think we should have stayed. He should have been allowed to stay until till next week as well to receive his medal and kind of celebrate with the fans. I mean, with the fans winning the title because he did spend the last three I, or four months has been part I, of it. I'll, I'll probably take a slightly. I, the whole week, the the way I think to me has just passed me by entirely. Um, he seems like a really nice lad yeah. on Instagram and things. He, he has contributed, there's no question about that, in some way to the he team. But goals. if you're not willing to come back and train and play in the Scottish Cup final, to be honest, I think I'm on board and say, look, you'd be as well going now. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he would be the difference. Yeah, he might have played better than Ole Buck. I, I think most players would have. Um, but I, I feel just so disassociated, or dispassionate about... <laughs> Timothy Weir, um, I, I, I still, we talked about this before, I, I don't know where his position is, I don't know if I, he would have I, I, done any yeah. better at the weekend, to be honest, I, I, I'm so passive about it that I'm you're, quite you're happy talk, with you're, the You're decision. talking about it a lot, considering yeah. how passive <laughs> you are, I mean, do you, you want to shut up? Or? <laughs> uh, I, I disagree, I think he, I don't, I don't think it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to Celtic losing Weir, but he would have if not started this gateway, definitely would have started the game, I think, now. But at that point, when Forrest was still fit, he had a good chance of starting. Did we know that Forrest is injured, by the way? Has that been confirmed? But Neil Lennon said that he wasn't um, available for the game. Right, okay. Injury. Sorry, I wasn't so Whether yet. that's a knock or otherwise. Big hangover. Um, Maybe. But, yeah, he definitely would have been in the bench. And it, it, I think it feeds into that. People saying this wasn't an important game. It was an important game. Neil Lennon should have all the tools that he had available to him, available to him, and that would have included where. 
I think um, it was silly saying about, that. About uh, I've genuinely today I crunched the numbers. Um, I looked at some stats and some data. It yeah. turns out that Ollie Burke is fucking shite. Um, and uh, thoughts? Uh, yeah, those first what, four games, it was like, oh, this. I mean, we can see he's shite when he has to do stuff, but he's running. He's getting into positions. He's wow. A good coach could really. Get something that Ollie Burke. Remember WWF magazines in the nineties? Stay with me. Yep. And you would be flicking through, and you'd get to the sort of back pages, and there would be the pictures of like the athletes sitting on the on the the weight weights, and they've got they're drinking probably steroids or whatever because of Vince McMahon and all that. Um, but and you seen the guy allegedly, like, allegedly, and um, he had like the the the, the steroidy thing allegedly, the milkshake thing. That's Ollie Burke. Oliver Burke is a Instagram model because he's not a footballer. He's not even like that great an athlete. To be fair, so I, I thought I, I honestly thought it's one right. People are going Could to could have really just said Instagram model. We didn't need the WWF wrestling magazine chat before it. Mm-hmm. Carry on. I, I, I could have done without that as well, quite frankly. Although you know, personal brand, you've got to sell it. We've got a Patreon: <laughs> www.patreon90minutesinit.com. dot <laughs> com. That's not dot com. You tit. Yeah. <laughs> For me, Buck is a player who has ability, but who has to learn his game, um, and he needs to learn his game somewhere. Uh, that's somewhere not else. going to be at Celtic yeah. because we can't afford players who. See if someone offered them for four million quid, I'd be like, uh, I wouldn't now. I wouldn't. I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think you know, three or four million quid, maybe one point one million. That's the <laughs> maximum Chris <laughs> Bowd budget. That's, is that the Bowd budget? Yeah. The, the double B. Um, with, with Buck, though, I remember the the manager of. Uh, Salzburg saying that you know he Ollie Burke was it so, no was it, it was Leipzig. Leipzig sorry yeah thank you Kieran saying that he was like an empty hard drive and we were all like oh maybe he's just not being had the right programmer nah it turns out any programmer can get fuck off from him um, can, sorry can we talk about the players who are going to be here next year because we mentioned that obviously Tom Rodrick at the start <laughs> nine, nine successful <clears throat> passes in 73 minutes nine, nine? not one was passed to um, Odson Edward, didn't once find Ollie Buck, and once he managed to find Mikey Johnson. That is your front four. And Tom Rogic, the pivotal number 10 who we rely on and who has given us so, some incredible moments, managed to find one of the other three players once. That's Ke- Keating, in 73 minutes, that's incredible. Your defence of uh, Tom Rogic? <laughs> oh, there is no defence for that. That, is... uh, that, for me, there. Tom Rogic is a, a, a wonderful footballer. He can... In the right he circumstances. He has struggled for fitness and, you know, it's not been a vintage season. We get that. But that, to me, gives me an impression of someone who needs to be coached, who needs to know what his role in the team is. And for me on Sunday, yes, he played very poorly and those stats are horrendous, but we couldn't translate the ball into Rangers half. And then Tom Rogic comes deeper and comes into our half. I never, ever want to see Tom Roderick on the ball in her own half. No. Just because that's not where he's effective and that's where he came into. He came into that space and he played against a midfield three of Rangers who played very well in the day, particularly Stephen Davis, I thought, but who are all legs. And really, if you put him into that situation where he's expected to do that level of running and help McGregor and Brown, he's not going to win. Where he does pick up or where his strength is, is when he picks it up in the opposition half and he can then get closer, particularly with James Forrest and Austin Edward previously, because that's where that's where he's been very good, but he just didn't do that at all. What's wrong with Tom Logic here? Confidence, I think, has got his kind of lacking just now. 
Um, I think as well, also the times where at the weekend he wasn't quite man marked, but it was quite claustrophobic in the midfield because you obviously had your midfield three, but our wingers again kind of came in a little bit and made the pitch quite narrow, which, well, Abbott says it is narrow anyway, actually, so that's like quite a struggle, but there was just too many players, whereas Tom likes to kind of receive the ball, he can have a man behind him, but there's a wee bit of space to receive yeah. the ball for him to turn him, but the, you don't get that eyebrows, so you've got to learn how to deal with kind of close, uh, close quarters when you're receiving the ball. That, that, in fact, that's his strength, taking the ball in with someone and he can roll, but he, he didn't once, he, he didn't even drift, you know, sometimes, particularly with that right-hand side, he likes to come out wide and take somebody with him, and then can go about the part. But we just, quite simply, we didn't have the ball long enough for him to be able to move out of that position and quite frankly ended up just staying in the centre circle mm-hmm. far too deep and without the ball. I mean, nine passes in 75 minutes. I, I don't know if he's ever had a worse game. Nine, nine passes is... is nine successful. Is, that's less... Sorry, that yeah, that's less than Burke. And I was about to say that Burke's performance at Ibrox is, you know, I'm not worried for hyperbole, Bowdy. You know this. But it is the worst performance I've ever seen of any human being. At anything? At anything. Wow. Not even like just standing or like drinking a glass of water. He's worse. Because I've seen Commons had mentioned as well. He's like, after the game in Desert at the end of December, he says he was really surprised to then see another, a poorer performance because it was such a poor performance back then. He didn't even think it was we were capable of performing even poorer than that as we did on Sunday. I, I don't. Not one occasion did we go down the right hand side and, and attempt to take on John Flanagan. John Flanagan, who is shite. They, they, they talk about how Tavernier, how high up the park <laughs> Tavernier gets, and John Flanagan played higher up the park the whole day because he had nobody, he had There's nobody no to mark, yes. and he just drifted forward and forward and forward and because presumably. We struggled with Ryan Kent. I mean, we, we did. I don't. Uh, there's no question that yeah. we really struggled. But I don't think it was because Kent was picking up the ball in spaces that we. It was just that 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 as you say, Mikey Johnson, the first ten minutes was very very deep, and then I think they did try and change it. But I don't think they ever they switched, formally they went to a back three. See, see, since sorry to jump in, but see, since um, since Neil Lennon has became manager, he's done the old switcheroo. Where you, we switch wings, yeah, he's done, but he's, he's done it like three times. Yeah, that's, that's what my Saturday if, on an amateur team do. Yeah. No, but <laughs> it's the type of thing I do when I'm playing pro ev, and I'm like, oh, but they won't realise this is coming, and it doesn't work on pro ev. It's not going to work in a full fledged game, and that's the point because they are, you know, you can fluidly change a system, which is something that I think we kind of struggle to, other than the the, the swapsy. Um, Ryan Kent isn't very good, right? Stay with me, um, but he had us on a, on toast. Um, he he was running around with the freedom of, and there was su- such a gap between our defence and our midfield at points that um, he was finding those those uh, spaces in the half space um, and like exploiting us. Chris Lustig, is there a defence for uh, Michael Lustig? Um, we know that his body's a little bit broken. We know that he's uh, he's got terrific probably taste in music. He probably doesn't, by the way. I've been saying that for years. He probably doesn't. But is there a defence for Michael Lustig or was this just a game too much in a long season? There might have been a part of that, but we, I mean, we talked about it in the, the preview pods. As much as you might not want to play Lustig, Toljan just hadn't had games. So you're in this position where Lustig was probably the best choice. I think he was the only choice, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing. T- Jeremy Toljan, um, Ian Dugan's brother, Stuart Dugan, created uh, the Jeremy Toljan Pearl Jam song. Um, and so 
Should he be playing? Or? <laughs> it's a fantastic <laughs> song. Um, Toljan came on in the second half. Like, we had two right-backs on the bench. Um, Although Toljan well. can maybe play uh, left-back, possibly. <laughs> so we're led to believe. I don't know. What are you going to say? I, I thought Toljan done well. I, I, thought he, I think I thought one of the questions was how um, shite is Toljan. And yeah, he's, he defensively, I think he's very poor. But um, he actually helped because he got higher up the park and he was able to take the ball in and try and engage. Now, we, we never had any joy. We never were getting back into that game on Sunday. Even if Burke scores? Even if Burke scores, you might score from a long ball or something. But we, no, because remember the, oppor- the, opp- the opportunity that we... That yeah. yeah, no, I mean, well, the, the, the chance was... Yeah, if we'd have scored, I don't think we deserved it. And I, to be honest, I, f- I feel that spiteful about it. I'm so glad he didn't score. Yeah. Just well, because we deserve nothing from it and we deserve to sit and really reflect on this game. Because I get it, people think, yeah, it's the end of the season, we've got a treble treble hopefully coming. And that's great, but... Do you know what you, you need to think about? You need to think about next year. You need to think about the year after. You can say as much as you like that yeah, Gerard and consistency for Rangers in big games. But do you know what? The, the gap is getting shorter year on year in terms of points. What happens, so, if, they, what happens if they have consistency next season? Yeah, but, well, exactly. And this is, I hope, why... I mean, we will talk about manager, but we need someone to come in and engage these players. These players, for me right now... Yep, Neil Lennon has done very well to win the league, considering where we were when Brendan Rodgers left. But for me, we need a manager to come in and engage these players. I And it is just my opinion, I might be completely wrong, people can disagree, but these players are not engaged at the moment, particularly some of your talented players. I don't think Tom Rodgers will enjoy playing under Neil Lennon at all. At all. Uh, Kieran, did Rangers deserve to win fully? Like, was there any question? Oh, there's no question at all. Right. They they went in <clears throat> with their game plan. Um, Are we easy to read now? Are we easy to set up against? Yeah, I think so. Um, but then with Ibrox, it's, it's always called, I mean, well known that it is quite a narrow pitch. Yeah. So it doesn't favour our game. Our game, we like to get, kind of get down the wing. We like to have our wingers having the ball and kind of, Running with running with it and kind of cutting in and creating chances, whereas with this they kind of force like the wires in a little bit, so it just comes really congested in midfield. Yeah, um, but we should know that. I mean, you should know that from from the past experiences there. I mean, we should especially from December. So we shouldn't have known how the way they played in December, how the way we played, and try and do the exact opposite. Yeah, but it looked like they just there wasn't the interest to put in the hard work either. It was gonna. It was gonna be a tough day. It's gonna be a hard game to play, but they just didn't even seem up for it. And I had seen a tweet saying something about Lennon's now used in the last nine post-match conferences, uh, press conferences about uh, mental and physical um, fatigue. Yeah. Now that's getting a bit too much now, um, uh, especially when you've got you're not you're not playing midweek games now for the last two or three weeks. Granted, it's been a long season. But you're having rest time now in between. So, yeah. I mean, we, for me personally, um, if we'd played that game, it was a really competitive game with both teams going at it. A real kind of barnstorm of a match um, and we lost by the odd goal. That happens. That's fine. Derbies are unpredictable. We didn't turn up from minute one. We no. were nowhere. We were so... I mean, when, we, the, when the goal went in, as I said, it was game over. Rangers had their second choice keeper. It took us over eighty minutes to get a shot on target. I mean that that genuinely and, says it all, man. And and even for that, I I, I think Ollie Buck's effort should be struck from the record because it <laughs> Jesus, was. Jesus, you're not it happy. Was awful. With, no, right. um, 
as Kieran's talking about, you guys are talking about what Lennon, Neil Lennon's used, and um, I've seen quite a lot today because I think we've all been kind of glued to the reaction on Twitter. Um, Neil Lennon's place in Celtic's history is firmly secured as a player and as the manager previously, and he has won the league this year. So see if we do go on and win nine or ten in a row. Neil Lennon's place in this club's history is Cemented. locked. Um, and, and I just want to make that clear. Particularly for me, I absolutely adore him. However, th- that does not mean when you take that job and you agree to say that I'll take over the team, as he will well know as well, that you are then going to be open to criticism if the team don't play well. And that's what's happening. So Neil Lennon shouldn't be immune because he's a club legend. And he is a club legend. But it doesn't mean he is immune to criticism. And the criticism for me is, is that I don't think he is able to get the best out of these players week on week. And I don't think he would be able to get the best out of these players week on week over the course of a full season. Two, three years ago or four years ago, I think that would have been acceptable. But I think personally, I think Rangers have got better. And I think they have better players than they have previously. And I think that next season, we need to be better. Otherwise, as it stands at the moment, given that performance at the weekend and the the level of of apathy, I think, that has set in amongst the players um, in certain games, I think that it would be very, very close next year. Very close. With that, sorry, Lennon, Lennon possibly would then have a defence of saying these are not my players. They are kind of Rogers' players that he's inherited. So he would say that the, the way I play, these players can't adapt to it. So therefore, I need to get my players in who do adapt. Yeah, I think Lennon's defence will be that give me a fresh fresh start, give me fresh players. I fi- I got I won as the treble, touch you that happens. Mm-hmm. That's all his defence will be. I won as the treble. The players were tired for that old firm game. For that um, Glasgow derby. Um, what could I th- do? The other thing as well is that's his first defeat coming back. Yeah, no. That's I, what it is as well. That's the other thing he, he will say. I've, he, I've won one defeat. Securing the league and thinking back to the position we were in when Brendan Rodgers left, um, that's, that's fine. If you would have said to me, we'll win the league and then we'll go into the summer from there. I would have been quite happy with that. But as it stands at the moment, I think that we need to go up a level again. And from what I've seen, um, I'm not sure that does Neil he look Lennon that, is does the he, Does he look that excited by the job? He, it looks like it's a bloody burden on him for me. See, when you see him talking afterwards, it, it looks like it's a burden on him. He's been offered this chance to come in and be the Celtic manager for a, a, you know, a caretaker position that could lead to long term. But he looks tired. And for me, I, 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 there's a mental fatigue there. That, well, maybe there isn't. I don't know. But I'm, I'm just reading from what I see. He's not acting on the sideline the way he normally acts. Um, is that him trying to curb his, curb his enthusiasm in terms of... Yep, I said the TV show now. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, but I don't know. For me... Anyway, just to finish up on, on, on Saturday, what a fucking joke. A Sunday, what a joke. Um, I felt sorry for Christopher Ayer. Jozo looked like, I'd, where was he? Was he even playing? Um, I thought that Brown, bowed Brown. Brown, patchy. Um, <laughs> there, there was, I mean, there was a couple of wee flashes from Brown. Like, um, I'm trying to think when it was. There was a point where he, he dispossessed a man, strutted forward, and for a moment, I thought, this is it, this is it. No, no, someone else fucked up. Probably Ollie Burke uh, or Tam. But, uh, <laughs> I love it, just pick either one and you're yeah, probably right. Probably. Uh, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't Pete Brown. 
you asked me earlier on to, <laughs> to, look at, to look at the players and say who maybe got pass marks and yeah. looking at what I have that I think maybe Jozo Simunovic. Oh really? He, well, he didn't make a mis- he didn't make a he didn't make a mistake that led to a goal and he didn't really do uh, much, uh, did he? Well, like, having a look on Twitter, he might have afforded Jermaine Defoe and that's as good as it gets. So that's plus points. I'm so glad the Rangers statement um, that just came out has you know, alerted me to that fact as well, which is handy because it means we can watch it now. Yeah, um, but other than that, I, I don't think anybody got past Mark. Scott Bain made a mistake that led to a goal. Chris Iyer made a mistake that led to a goal. Scott Brown made a mistake that led to a goal. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot in there. Um, but these are not bad players they are the best players point, in the country. Yeah, I mean the lion's share of them have been there. You know, Michael Stig's been there for quite a long time. Eduard, Roderick, Brown. These are not bad players, but they need they need to be engaged, and they need to be engaged day on day, and not just on a Sunday morning before this game. And for me, that's something that needs to be needs I, to be addressed. I felt I felt sorry for Eduard because every time he received the ball, he had two guys on him. Yeah, that's. I've seen a lot of people saying Eddie was terrible, and I obviously he, he didn't do a huge amount. But he, what could he do? Yeah, as he, you say, he, he very rarely got people passing him the ball, and when he did, he was just surrounded. He was swamped by players. He, he got three once, and he set up what should have been a goal. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and that's for the, thing, reason he's, the he's, chance wasn't taken. He's, he's he's a fantastic. He's a talented boy, and God love him. Uh, <laughs> that sounded weird. Um, with you know, I don't really want to talk about this game anymore. But the Flanagan on Brown, uh, I mean, that's a red card. The game changes then because they're down to 10. Again, it's, it doesn't Even matter. Even with that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, we, it doesn't matter. performance was so I thought poor. Scott Brown handled it really well in the post-match press conference where he basically said, it doesn't matter. We didn't deserve anything anyway. So. But that's something that I think ties into the kind of reduction of the gap that Alan was talking about earlier. We had that this game. We had it um, in, in the new year where... Uh, they had a few people that could have went off about three or four times. If refs are going to give them that leeway, we have to be that much better, better to yeah. make sure that we actually get them pumped, which it's is a, what should be happening. It's a fairly good point. It's only fairly good. Uh, but So in terms of uh, pass marks, very little. I thought Scott Bain was quite buttery. Um, I think his confidence took a massive knock with a goal I, going in. There was a couple of times where he... I don't know what the adjective buttery means. Do you like it? I, I, I do, but I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't it think it can butter be fingers or good is for a goal. It just it's purely because of that connotation. Just, with uh, it. You know, as a defender, if, it's, if, a, if a defender's buttery, is it good? Maybe. That mm, may be good. Creamy. Slick. Creamy. Uh, Kieran, thoughts on Bain? Do you think... I mean, the goal... We'll finish talking about this fucking game now, but like... I mean, well, that that's kind of been one of his, his biggest high-profile mistakes. Since he's come back in, he's I can't really think of another one I think, he's yeah, really I think made. It's, I mean, um, it's a shame that the confidence that he shouldn't have allowed it to do that because he has a talented keeper. He's very good. He, he should have just not put it out of his head and just continued with the game. I know it's easier said than done that it's when it's a, this, the spotlight of a Celtic Rangers game. Um, but, I mean, after that, he, he was he was still good with the ball at his feet, but Obviously, he can't. He, he couldn't find players as better than they could do normally because obviously they were always man, almost man marked at times, and they were really pressed. So he a went, lot of times he, went, he, was just, he was just kind of lumping it at times. He went long so the, many times, yeah, which is just not no no use against their defence. The two they've got two tall lads at the back who do win well with the headers, so it was pointless. I th- yeah, I thought Goldson looked pretty good for them to be honest, but he's sorry. shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the, the, the Rangers goal, um, the one snippet of frustration that I think I've seen from Neil Lennon um, after the game was when he talked about that first goal, um, was when he said that they hadn't set up properly. Um, and I'm assuming by that he meant that the two centre-halves didn't screen alongside Eduard, I think, who goes up for the header. Um, because obviously in that situation you want your biggest guys ideally between the sticks because he can shoot. Um, and for me, Scott Bain does make the mistake. You have to follow the ball there. You can't let it just drift in. If someone headers it and changes the direction of it, then you, you know you just need to try and deal with that. Um, but Lennon, after the game, seemed very, very frustrated that they hadn't set up the way they should have, which suggests that they had worked on it. Um, and that's I'm never an indication I, of something you want to hear as the players not yeah. following instructions a minute and 30 seconds into a derby. I think they were quite deep as well. I think that's probably their positioning as well, as they should have maybe been another two or three yards up, which would give more space between the players and the mm. keeper, which would allow them to kind of point comfortable, the yeah. actually, rather than having to wait. Because it's so close, it is one of those things. Do you wait Matt, for a touch or do you have to follow the ball? And it's yeah. Matthew Lent at the time was being, and probably applies to the defender as, as well, were probably just caught out. It was that early in the game. They oh, just piss off. Well, piss off. I'm not saying, I'm not giving an excuse. I'm just saying I'm that. not giving an excuse. Oh, no, oh, oh. Here's an excuse. Fuck off, Bout. Um, Bout, here's, here's a question for you. Yeah, so they, they they scored because it was such an early free kick. That's, um, that's what we've confirmed. Definitely. And there was Tavern there, and he's obviously phenomenal. Um, Aiden, A-I-D-N, his profile picture, let me talk you through it. It's, is, a, good name. it's a good name. He's got glasses on. Um, he's got a cigarette in his mouth and he's doing the rock sign. Ooh. Very impressive. And his wee pal's doing two middle fingers. Does he have a question or are they just going through just talking about him. He seems like a terrific young man. He's an unapolo- unapologetic apathy, apathy, he says. Um, do you think any other manager could have fixed that team on Sunday for me? It didn't matter what they were told to do. None of them wanted to be there. Nobody wanted the ball. Nobody wanted to take a risk apart from some attempts from Hayes and Eddie. Also, how pish is Toljan? Um, <laughs> That's yeah. the one that I read earlier. Yeah. Um, there is, Johnny Hayes played really poorly for me. But the one thing... Johnny Hayes probably in a situation he shouldn't have been in. And that was the only thing for me. There wasn't any lack of effort there. He just... He's not a He's not a left back. He's not a left back. Um, he gets played of the year playing, playing as a kind of coming off the left hand side. Like he's he's not any he's an attacking player, so it's it's mental. If if only he had the delivery of a Tosh McKinley, <sighs> we would have probably won the game six seven two. 7-2 wow we're still conceding 2 in your fantasy <laughs> Jesus we can't keep a clean sheet in Ireland's fantasy that's yeah. a bit weird Tosh McKinley was great delivery I want a Tigger fantastic Scottish Cup final 1985 boom don't you worry about that deep you want it deep Alan he'll give it to you deep deep delivery thank you Tom. do you want it deep with penetrating a, a Dutchman penetrating the goal listen that's your fantasy there and moving on moving on very quickly um, I just felt Again, I know we're, we keep going back to actually talking about the game, but I just felt there was a lack of structure within the team. There was a lack of motivation within the team. Um, how much of that can you blame on the manager? Uh, All of it. I think the the high like the, the thing we said when we brought Lennon in was the one thing he'll do is get the team up for games like this. This essentially this was almost a, a no brainer. Like this is a Neil let Neil Lennon do Neil Lennon things and we'll be fine. And there was no passion, there was no tactical awareness, there was no shape, which I think we've talked about quite a bit in the past, um, because apparently, you know, according to Joe Ledley on the Open Goal podcast, Lennon doesn't work on shape. So, you know, maybe he's changed his, his ways now, who knows. It was an opportunity to kind of maybe have fun. There was, there's the pressure of Celtic Rangers, but there wasn't the pressure of the points required. 
So it could have been a very entertaining game. It could have been end to end. It could have been goals galore. Um, but Seven two. Thank fuck that wasn't goals galore because they weren't coming for us. <laughs> for sure. Uh, we've got two. Que- we're going to move on a little bit. Um, we've got two questions. One's from um, Paddy sixty seven underscore Paddy, and one's from uh, Boise Big Boise Bowdy Boise. What a boy. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not doing it. Um, Boise! <laughs> I don't even think he was going to do I that. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, um, They both ask about um, thoughts on director of football, and if it were to be introduced, who would your candidate for the role be? Um, and uh, also thoughts on director of football to oversee a long-term philosophy. That's actually going to be a standalone podcast that we're going to do. Alan, you're going to be on that. Christian's going to be on it. Um, we're going to kind of break down director of football we're going to break down the position and how it would work for Celtic spoilers John Kennedy is Dolph Ronnie Dyla as head coach that's the podcast you're actually incorrect we're, we're all going to sit and talk about why John Collins will be back at Celtic as director of football. spoilers sorry but, but, but no we're, we're going to do a, we're, going to break, we're going to break down a, a kind of yeah we're going to do it it should be good I'm really looking forward to that one um Neil Lennon has, so we're going to move on just to the managerial search in general. Has Neil Lennon's chances of getting the job been dented, Kieran Haddon? Um, nah, not really. I, I just don't, I don't think he has ever been possibly earmarked for getting the job. I thought it's the case of they've got somebody in short term, somebody that knows the club, somebody that knows the Scottish game, and can just continue doing what they've been doing to get us over the line. Um, there's never been. I mean, the the club have never come out. And, I don't think come out and said anything about Lennon shouldn't worry about this and shouldn't be back because the amount of play, the amount of managers that are getting linked with us and the amount of managers that keep moving up to being favourite says that they're convinced that it's not going to be Lennon because you see all these big names going. Um, I wouldn't have thought the performance because at the end of the day he's already won the league. So um, I, I, I really don't think the, the the performance maybe kind of maybe highlighted a little bit, but. I think ultimately at the end, I don't think it's... So not difference. for you, no, no dent in his, uh, if the opportunity arises, um, if he delivers the treble. Alan? I, I think for me, it probably just confirms that Neil Lennon is... Uh, I don't think he is a candidate for the job. Um, I, I think there has been ample opportunity. If they really wanted to give him the job, they could have done it. They could have done it when they won the league. They could have done it when we scored late goals at Tynecastle when everybody rallied round. And really, I hope that we can go into the last two games of the season with a bit of freedom. And if Neil, there is not a person I would be happier to see win a treble as manager than Neil Lennon. So I hope they can go and do it. And then we can agree um, that at this time, he's not the manager for the club. At some point in the future, Neil Lennon might come back in some capacity and he would be welcomed to open arms. But just from my own personal opinion, he's not the manager that will take us forward next season. Um, but I'll, I'll be absolutely delighted um, if he can finish the job this year. And I really hope that he knows, going into the Scottish Cup final, what his future is. Because I really hope that if we know, you know, there loads of names out there, if they do get a headline candidate, and that headline candidate, everyone is aware of it, I would really like the Celtic fans to give him a big send-off because, you know, he didn't quite get that last time as well. And I think it That's would be a good, good point, to, to go to Hamden and really hopefully win, do a parade around the city, remind everybody what colour the city is. Hello. Remind everybody, because as much as that was hard to watch at the weekend, if we go and win a, a treble treble, nobody's going to remember that game in three, four years at all. It'll be one of those games that, yeah, it was a bad day, a bad day only. And that would be ideal for me. 
this season can be saved. It has been a long, hard slog, but it can be saved, and you can go and win a treble treble, and Neil Lennon can be at the top of that bus, and he can have the whole Celtic family, whatever you want to call it, singing his name, celebrating, and then he can go his way with his kind of career certainly intact, club legend, maybe on to another job, and we can then go Aberdeen. forward and hopefully get 10 in a row. Um, Chris Bowd, I've got a question for you. It's all the way from Australia. It's uh, Melbourne Boy, 88, of course. Um, Boy, she? Doesn't, doesn't make much sense. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's funny, but... Uh, so, Bowdy, um MB asks, out of all the names mentioned, in brackets, realistic, who do you all want as manager? Who's the best fit? So, I'm going to go around the table. So, you two think about names that have been mentioned. Think about realistic targets. I'm going to start with Bowd. I'll come in, and then we'll go from there. Bowd, who realistically... What's realistic, though? What is realistic? That's changed. I mean... Are Rafa and Mourinho actually realistic in any way, shape, or form? I think Rafa Benitez from Chatter might be more realistic than we think. But we do not have to pay compensation for him? No, he's at a contract. As you, as he's at a contract, so there would be no contractual issues. Um, there, his agent is apparently negotiating a negotiating with Newcastle, but that that just standard that just happens. Um, Rafa Benitez, I think, might genuinely be an option, whether he's realistic to bring him in, whether he'll leave Newcastle, a Premier League club for us, who knows. Um, Bowd, you need to give me an answer. I, I'm just, I was, I was actually just looking at the old, there was a couple of images of the, the odds, so I'm just looking through some of the names. Um, I would probably... Don't say... If, don't. No, I'm not, I'm not a fucking idiot. Okay, go on. Uh, AVB... Of the names that have been mentioned, yeah, bit of banter there, bit bit of a risk. But um, if we had to go for the kind of less exciting names, why do you think it's a risk? And I'm not being a dick about it. I genuinely, I, I don't see he's been race car driving for a year, six months, some period of time. So, so he's taking some time out. Yeah, exactly. Maybe so he's fresh, fresh point. ideas, yeah. good points. Although he does have a vineyard, which means he might not be fresh because. I had some drinks on Sunday and I didn't feel fresh yesterday. He likes Bucky. Didn't What's your problem? That's like, um, so just for me personally, uh, I actually, I've really warmed to the idea of AVB. Um, I think he's a, 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 you know, a lot of people will be like, we're not going to get anyone with a perfect managerial yeah. record. That's just not going to happen. There's going to be blips in, to be fair, there's blips in most people. Alex Ferguson gets sacked by St. Mirren. Was it St. Mirren who sacked him? Yeah, Alex Ferguson got sacked. Everyone has blips on their record. Um, AVB would be perfect for me. Um, I'm I'm of the opinion that a fresh set of eyes is what's maybe required to come in, look at the law of the land, maybe not have as much pressure. The thing about Neil Lennon being the manager is I think he would feel the pressure because he wants it so much as in, I mean, 10 in a row. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying he wouldn't be able to get his 10 in a row. What I'm saying is, I think, someone coming in, fresh pair of eyes, the way Rodgers did, is AVB and Rodgers, are, the are they at the same level of coaching? Probably. I mean, AVB's done more in the game than Rodgers has. He's won more leagues. Um, he's, he's done a lot more exciting stuff. I think AVG, or Jukanovic, former Fulham yeah. manager, I think he would be a, a terrific, terrific signing. Um, uh, Terrific manager again coming in, maybe building something. I think guys like Philip Koku, I mean, there's talk of Barcelona after him now. I think yeah. he's probably 
Um, yeah. I don't think we get a chance with him. Um, Rafa Benitez would be terrific. Slavan Vilic, here's a tweet from at El Cormaco, um, who's a big supporter of the podcast and uh, tweets in all the time. Just FYI, I've seen a lot of Bilic's West Ham. After a good first season, Poyet powered... After a good first Payet-powered season, it all fell apart quickly. And while a nice guy, he seemed powerless to turn it around. It took Moyes to steady things to give you an idea how bad it become. I remember how great Payet was. Yeah. He was phenomenal. Free kicks. Yeah. Uh, like two I, free kicks per game. When I seen his name <laughs> mentioned, that obviously the way you look, and it was, they go to Saudi Arabia and fail there. Yeah, uh, Slavan Bilic did so really, he did fantastically well with a very incredibly talented Croatia team that would go on to get to the, well, you know, develop and go into the World Cup final. Um, he dived and got um, Blanc sent off. Um, how can you trust someone like that? Uh, Kieran, thoughts? Who do you want to be the next Celtic manager? Um, Is there anyone that sticks out? Is there anyone that, like. Martinez still oh. sticks a bit? No. No, no. I mean, I, do, I mean, he knows the Scottish game. He's obviously coaching talented players now. Um, the best team in the world? Yeah. Um, and still getting results with them. So it has shown that he has got a bit of talent there. Um, unrealistic. But, but yeah. as, as a kind of... His wife's a, a from, from one, Boswell, I one would be Rafa. I mean, I would have been seeing coming Rafa coming in. I think we'd all want Rafa. I think Rafa Benitez would be. Would Alan would it be your first choice ahead of someone like AVB, or would you be looking for a little bit of long term stability that AVB might give you ahead of Rafa? I don't think any of these guys' names we're mentioning were getting long term stability out of any of them. I think the one thing we need to prepare for, whoever the manager is, and let's just come out. I'm going to right on the the Jose train, no question. <laughs> oh, yeah, if he was chugga, the man, chugga, 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 absolutely. But whoever we get, any of the names that's been mentioned here, in two years' time, if they succeed, or three years' time, at most, they're going to want to go to the Premier League. So the one thing we need to do, and it probably goes back to that director of football um, question, is we need to make sure that we are better prepared for it next time than we are this time. And I think in terms of the appointment, whoever it is... I, Quite excited by a lot of the names in there, particularly AVB, Jose. Those are the two for me. And it depends really who makes this appointment. Is it going to be Dermot Desmond? If Dermot Desmond gets someone that he believes in, we thrive. And if he doesn't get his man, then it really means that it's a, an appointment that's put probably to the board by the chief executive, Peter Long, who has a... Sketchier, sketchy, record sketchy. of appointing managers. Um, he wasn't not, keeping that wage budget low. It, it's That's not. It's absolutely not easy. And I think it's. I, I have no idea. I have no insight into this at all. I just want to be really clear about that. I have no idea who these front runners are. I have no first hand knowledge of that. We know the pod. Alan was saying he's in the know. <laughs> Agent ITK or something yeah. like that. Um, but if Dermot Desmond is engaged and enthused by one of these candidates, which some people might think he is, then you it changes the scope of who we can get. If he isn't, and he leaves it to the club, and it's based on what the club can speculate, based on its turnover, revenue, etc., then it changes the scope. So it really depends whether the man that is the next manager is, I suppose, anointed by Dermot Desmond. And I pray to God that the next one is, because... I think it changes the nature of it entirely. O'Neill, Strachan, Rogers, all guys who were endorsed and brought in by, and back to a certain extent, initially at least, by 
Dermot Desmond and we, we all know how those turned out it's whether Desmond's willing like say again to put his hand in his pocket and almost personally pay for the manager which he has done in the past for some of them and it's going to if you want a big talented manager it's going to take that and it's going to he's going to have to do that money. if it doesn't happen Steve Clark's probably the guy for me really if we're going for a budget yeah. manager really I would I, I like Steve I, I like Steve Clark, Clark a lot but Steve Clark has made it clear he wants to go back down south he, his family are, his family are down in London this I, isn't about what Steve wants it's what, what, what Bowd wants, wants. Um, I think if it was a loyal appointment I, I don't think Steve Clark's an unreasonable choice I'm seduced by the other names so I'm, I'm I, really I, seduced by the other names I, 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 like, I like Steve Clark a lot I think he's a great manager I just don't I think he talks about his family being down south, like almost with every interview now. I think he either, he's either going to be the Scotland manager, which would be great for Scotland, or he's going to go back to he's going to go back to a championship club. Very uh, simple, Steve. If you want to see your family again, ten in a row. Bowed. And if you lose this league, you get ten seasons to do it, and that's it. <laughs> Bowed. But then Steve Law is going to go for a budget and uh, appointment. It would probably be Lennon. It wouldn't be Clark. I think he would just go with Lennon. I, I think, I don't think Neil Lennon, and it is just again, I, I don't think Neil Lennon's in the frame for this job. I think there's too, too much. I'm going to throw, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a name out. Um, Chris Hutton. For me, absolutely not. I know Ian Duggan's a big fan, but Ian Duggan's a fucking idiot. I, I think Chris Hutton's done well. It wouldn't be my choice. Um, but th- for me, the criteria is someone who, we need to get excited. I'm sorry. See, as much as it's like we need a we need a, someone to come in and you know steady the ship and someone who knows the club who's going. To, I want to be excited next season. I want to genuinely have a manager that's going to make me think. Wow, we are going to win games here and we're going to win them well. Yeah. That's not Chris Hutton for me. I'll I'll tell you why the board should be excited as well. Um, in terms of who they appoint and why they should be very conscious of it. So obviously the season ticket renewals are going to be probably 100% are very close to it because, you know, who's given up the book this year? But um, 2015, turnover, 51 million. 2016, turnover, 52 million. 2017, 90.6 million. 2018, 101.6 million. You get a manager who gets bums on seats, you can then market this club however you like. And, yep, there's a load of variables in there. Transfers... Um, having talented players but that all comes from having a manager who has an identity who will bring people to come and watch these players and if you get a name who can develop players and work with it then you those figures that are there those can be sustained European football is huge in that development that, of players that, development of the talent that doesn't come by appointing someone who is cheap because I feel that the cheap option is very very short term. Yeah, I think so as well. And the other thing is, you know, you do and you have to um, speculate to accumulate. That's the exact phrase I was about to use. Um, and the, the the fact of the matter is, also, an exciting manager coming in. Like Rafa Benitez walking into that changing room before the first Champions League qualifier. Hello, or not the, the first one, but like you're going to try, he's going to give you different ideas, he's going to make you think about your game differently, he's going to inspire you because he's a Champions League winner, he's a league winner, he was the former Real Madrid manager. Neil Lennon coming in, who you know, who's your pal, who talks to you like he's your pal. Um, Neil Lennon, by all means, is a a great manager, but he's not what I think this squad needs. This squad needs some new ideas, It, it needs some specific coaching, 
Um, it needs some really technical um, positioning on the park, and uh, we need to just fucking spend the money. The thing, I, and I agree with everything Alan said way back at the start of the pod. Neil Lennon, fantastic player, did a fantastic, uh, did really well his first time as manager. Didn't agree with everything he did, but his results yeah. were fantastic. Um, but if this season hadn't went the way it had, if Brendan Rodgers was leaving after the cup final, Neil Lennon wouldn't be in with Fisher yes, for this job. Yes, that's a very good so point. There's no reason why he should be in with it now. Excellent. And on that bombshell, we're out of our lads. Is there any other final points you want to make? Just where we were talking about managers, I, I, I think the profile of the manager, I think, is going to be an out-of-work manager because I don't see his paying compensation. compensation. And I think it will be someone who has Premier League experience. Um, and most likely... Big Jukanovic, is that what you're telling I, I, me? I would say underage, uh, probably between 55. I feel like I'm a, a criminal profile here, but <laughs> I think <laughs> it's an out, out-of-work manager with Premier League experience. Arsene Wenger? <laughs> I think he might creep on. I might he might creep over that fifty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other final Cairn You get any last points? I just another thing about the you mentioned about the season tickets. I had noticed this year that they extended the deadline. Yeah. So that says that I think they, I think who, they do, I think those they do who had, had year, it to be fair. haven't really taken it up in it, so they're given a wee extra chance to kind of take it. That's just all for the the, the lazy folk. There's mm-hmm. that's that that's me all over. You <laughs> yeah. forget the deadline. You you need we need that extension. You need it. We need you it. Need it. Um, can I just go back to the point as well and say, just we will not have any Rangers fans listening to this. I'm almost certain of that. But see if we do win this treble treble on Sunday. I know I've talked about how shit Sunday was, but nobody is ever going to fucking remember that victory. And that is going to be the highlight of a number of their players' careers. Even if, even if not, it's it's a double. This is ultimately a successful season for Celtic. I, I, I found I found their players' reaction, the Rangers players' reaction on Twitter, an absolute fucking ready, and they should all be embarrassed. Oh, the, this day is blue. You won a fucking game. It's embarrassing. Well, I, I, again, I said that in the last pod. This was their cup final. Getting a victory over is is the only achievement. Bowd, it's not a cup. Fi- Bowd, it's not a cup final. Oh, shit. The other thing as well is they're getting victory against us when we're poor. How about we see if they can actually get a victory as when we're actually on form and playing the game? Death be will come as a friend to them next season. Oofed. It will come. They'll be begging for it about. <laughs> They're going to go into administration again. <laughs> Fucking right there. Um, so we didn't touch on the Hearts Celtic Hearts game this weekend because we will do that at the Friday live lunch. Um, from around uh, midday on Friday from Platform at the Argyle Street Arches. Um, and will you be there for that, Alan? Yeah, if you like. Yeah. Alan Trophy day. Big try, glory day. Try to get out there, but he's... Um, glory days. He's... Uh, oh. Callback. Callback. Um, yeah, so we'll do that. We'll, we'll do the preview of the Celtic Hearts game and we'll talk about a few other things. Um, but this podcast is done. Um, Gut of the Quantifier is the name of the pod. Alan Edgar... Pleasure as always, sir. Thank you very much. Hail, speak, hail. speak to you soon. Hail, hail. Jesus Christ. You're, you're really Feel like, yeah, we're missing Lou. Aye, yeah. Um, Chris Bowd, pleasure. Thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure for all of you and the listeners. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure, you big beardy fuck. Um, <laughs> Keenan, <laughs> I want, just wanted to be offensive to you. Pleasure as always. Um, enjoy it very much and let's enjoy a party on Sunday. Let's enjoy a party on Sunday. I'm Chris Gallagher. We're the 90 Minute Cynic and we'll speak to you down the road. Right,
time And to be a junkie without the read Maybe it wouldn't be so hot in summer Maybe Axl Rose wouldn't be a social phenomenon Thank you, thank you very much. I wish I could tell you where you could get hold of a copy of that. I don't think any of the importers managed to track it down in the end. Uh, new Bad Things, it was on Rainforest Records from the United States of America, or possibly Canada, I'm not quite sure, but no address given anyway. And uh, the title of it, you can probably guess at. It was uh, number 16 in the festive 50.